guys. Good morning. Okay, let's bow our heads and let's say a quick prayer before we get into the message. Uh, God, thank you so much for this time, Father, to, uh, to be here to worship you, God. Uh, we're so grateful that uh, so many people decided to get up this morning. I know Sunday morning can feel like, oh, man, I just want to stay in my bed. I just want to lay my head on this pillow. But, God, we decided because we said Jesus was Lord to be here. And God, and not out of obligation because of what you've done for us in your love. Uh, Father, I pray that you'll be with me as I speak, God. Uh, just speak through me. Uh, Father, help me to really articulate what you want to be said. Uh, Father, I just pray that our hearts are encouraged and are inspired uh, to want to go out and carry out your will, uh, Father, and live as disciples right, in what you've called us to live. Uh, Father, we love you and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as you guys see... I'm moving up in technology a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I got my laptop up here. It's the first time this happens. Uh, I'm used to, like, the papers and all that. And actually, the last message I did, I actually had a paper cut on my finger. So that kind of helped with this decision here a little bit. But I want to share some good news just from the campus ministry. And uh, what's really encouraging is that this semester, this fall, has been our first time getting together with all the boroughs in New York City in the campus ministry and having our devotionals together every Friday, which has been amazing. And, and we've been able to have this goal that we set for ourselves as a New York City uh, campus ministry is to share with 5,000 people in the first week of school, which is inspiring. And so we went out there, we shared our faith, we met as many people as we can and invited them out. And we ended up sharing our faith with over 4,500 people uh, that week, which was really inspiring. Man, there were times I wanted to give up. There were times where I wanted to have lunch four times just so the time could pass by a little quicker. But I, I challenged myself and so did the campus ministry and our leaders. And we really, really uh, saw God be glorified during that time. Amen. So the title of my message today is Love Makes All the Difference. Love Makes All the Difference. And if you can turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to be reading from there and starting there. But Paul talks about the Corinthian church and the church in Corinth. And I don't know about you, but if you think the church ain't where it needs to be, where you're at, or things are difficult, challenging, all you got to do is open the book of 1 and 2 Corinthians, and you'll think a little bit more differently about where you're at. <laughs> this church was in the position in situations that you wouldn't even imagine. I'm going to share a couple things. One was they had a lot of division in the church. So Paul talks about how like, there's the relationships. People weren't really having good relationships in the church. There was immorality going on in the church. And, uh, and Paul even goes on to say a kind that isn't even acceptable by those that are not even part of the church. That, that, was, that was going on. Another thing was that there were lawsuits going on in the church. They were suing each other. Can you imagine that? And another part in there was that there was a misuse of liberty. Right? People didn't understand the value of freedom in Christ. And, and another thing, lastly here, is that they had problems with the Lord's Supper. They, their kind of their mentality was coming in because they were actually you know, drinking wine for the Lord's Supper. And when they got there, there were people getting drunk during the communion. I mean, guys, this is a church that was in the Bible. <laughs> and it's like, how does that happen? Because this is who actually they are as it's going on. They were supposed to be the fullness of Christ. 
they were supposed to be the ones representing Jesus to the world. They were the ones that had the key to eternal life. And yet, this was the reality of their situation. And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, goes on to tell them, hey, look, this is what you guys are missing. This is why the church is the way it is. And the reason is that he talks about here is he talks about love. 1 Corinthians 13. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I possess, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails. So church, whenever you decide to love, the Bible is saying that it will never be the wrong decision. It never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will, it will pass away. And so here in this passage, we see Paul is making a point here. Like, hey guys, you have not really grasped and understood what love really is all about. And I've never, one time in my life, came to a point where I was like, you know what, love is something I don't have to grow in anymore. Uh, I think I've got this all together. I think love has been something I've reached. And have you guys ever been to that point in your life yet? Okay, okay, I was just, just saying. Maybe it's one or two, you know, but I had to ask. Is that I, I never got into a place in my life where I don't have to grow in this area anymore. But love, it, it, it's, it's, it's powerful. It conquers all. It says no records of wrongs. It never fails. And actually in John 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. See, here's the truth, church. Like, people are not going to be impressed by the singing. They're not going to be in, in, impressed by the acapella, even though we've got some amazing singers in this region. People are going to be impressed by the love that they see in the church by the love that they see that we give one another. That's what's going to inspire them. That's what's going to move them. Power, love has the power to unite, to heal, to transform, to overcome, and to save. But the issue in the world and what Paul is seeing is that selfishness has prevented people from loving in the way that God loves. And so, guys, i got three points today. And the three points, the first one is, Love when you don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I already don't like that point, right? Okay. You still got to love me though, right? Okay. Point number two, love those you don't like. And we'll talk more about what I mean by that. And number three is love those you don't know. Okay? Point number one, love when you don't feel like it. And here's the thing. No matter how awesome you are, no matter how great and spectacular your talents are, you're not going to always feel like loving people. 
That's, that's just reality, you know. But what good is love if you only do it when you feel like it? Just imagine that. Imagine if you only went to work when you felt like going to work. I mean, it'd be, man, the unemployment rate will be sky high at this point, right? Because let's be real. There's some days you don't feel like going to work. It is not what I want to do, right? But that's the reality is that love, you got to love even when it, you don't feel like it. Mark chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus gives a, a, a good example here. So, was, uh, so what's going on here is that Jesus has been healing, he's been teaching, he's been helping the disciples out. I mean, it's been a crazy, eventful day. And usually when you're around Jesus for at least maybe five minutes, to be honest, but they were with him for, for a while, for a whole day. And you can almost imagine how tired they are, right, and how discouraged they are. So in Mark 6, verse 35, it says, When Jesus landed and saw a crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. It's like, whoa, what's going on, right? So it's this long day, you're tired, and guys, you can feel that, right? It's been, there's just days where there's just so long, you're struggling, and... That's where the disciples were at. They were like, could you please send these people away? Like, we're done. But yet Jesus, because of his compassion and because of his love, he then in that moment teaches them a love that was revolutionary for them. That you got to love even when it feels like, even when you feel like not, not doing it. And Jesus set the perfect example. And he teaches them to feed them, whether that, you know, in that situation. And so in Ephesians 4, verse 2, this talks about, you know, people, you know, loving others even when we don't feel like it. Ephesians 2 says, be, be, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And so in this translation, it says, bearing with one another. But to be, to be real, I think a better translation is putting up with one another. Right? Being able, I know, the, the, you know, this translation here is a little, you know, I, I think really it's saying, guys, you got to put up with each other in the church, amen? Because there is people that are just going to be different from you. We're going to talk about that in the next point. But the Bible talks a lot about being able to put up with each other because we we're different, right? And we come from different backgrounds and there's things that we're going to see that we're like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's going to prevent us from loving. And... And here's the deal, guys. I, I, I don't want to come to church and be fake. I, I don't, I don't want to come to church and pretend I love people and pretend that I'm interested in you or, or whatever. I, I don't want to do that. How, how dreadful is that? How, how, coming to church and feeling like I don't want to love nobody. I just want to hear the message, see what I got for me, and boop, gone. I'm out. It's like that's not the love of Jesus that we see in the Scriptures. You know, and, and I'm speaking on this because this is something I learned in my own life. You know, one of the, there was a, there was a, there was a brother I was getting with, I was studying the Bible with, and I helped him become a Christian, and so I was helping him in his faith. And one of the things that, you know, I realized was that 
man, I, I literally, he, he was just really challenging to help, if you know what I'm saying. All right? So there was just a lot of, he, he just didn't like listening to instructions. Uh, he didn't like, he wasn't very humble about things, you know. And every time I, it was like I knew I had to set up a time with this brother this week. And it was like, and I'm being real. I would try to find some excuse to not meet up with him. I would try to figure out what, what plans can I make to kind of, you know, not get with this brother. Because when I get with him, I know it's going to be challenging. He's probably not going to listen. And I had to really realize that in my heart, that wasn't love. That, that love isn't just loving when you feel like it or when everyone's kind of doing what you want them to do. And I, I was challenged. And so I decided I'm going to keep getting with him. I'm going to keep getting with him. I'm going to keep getting with him. It was hard. I had to pray. But eventually this brother has gotten to a point now where he's doing well spiritually. He's in the singles ministry in New Jersey. And he's doing awesome. And you can clap for that because he's, I mean, there were times where I thought he wasn't going to get, I thought he was going to give up and not make it. But I had to decide that in those moments, I had to love even when I didn't feel like it. Because you never know what God's going to do when you decide to love in those moments. You know, what changes will you make when you decide to love when you don't feel like it? What changes can happen in your life right now? Because there might be somebody in your life right now at this moment that is like, Lord, I need five quiet times to get through this. You know what I'm saying? What is it? What, what, what decision can you make to love that will change someone else's life in that moment? Point number two, love those you don't like. Well, preacher. Wait, wait, this is, this is a Christian church, right? What do you mean you don't like people? Okay, that's not what I mean. Let me clear that up. Now, I'm not saying that you don't like people. But what I am saying is that there are things that people do that you don't like. That makes sense? Let's be real. And we'll talk more about that. There's things that people do that you don't like, right? For example, music. There's some music that you just don't like, right? You probably like R&B. There's other brothers and sisters like country. I don't know. But when you find out that you got to go on a road trip for five hours with them, you like, ugh, I'm about to bring my own headphones to this trip. But there's just things that people do that you don't like. Uh, when people smack their food when they eat with their mouth open. Oh, I know. I know. That's, that's a struggle. Yeah. It's like, and you know, when you really love that person, you just got to try so hard to accept it. It's like, ah. But when you know you're about to get around somebody that just munching and you see the, all the biology that's going on inside of them, you're going to do your best to go away, try to be as far as possible, sit on the other side of the table. Right? So you might not like somebody because they like eggs a different way than you do. You know, you like sunny side up eggs. They like scrambled eggs. Guys, I'm telling you, it can get this petty. Right? <laughs> like, you like scrambled eggs? Are you serious? 
Oh, no, we can't be friends. So, guys, you know what, you know what point I'm trying to make here, right? See, but the proof of God's love, how do we love like God, is we've got to love people who are different than you. You've got to love people that are not like you. Just imagine if everybody was just like you. Same personality, same tics, same things that get you mad. Same. It's like, that will be, the world will, be, will not work. Like God specifically made people individually just the way they are. With all their little things, right, that they got. Like God made them the way they are. But the, but the show of real love is to love them despite the things that you probably don't like. And real love is that way. Even Jesus says it in Matthew 5, verse 46 to 47. He said, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not even the tax, are not even the tax collectors doing that? So Jesus is saying, if you only love people who are the same as you, that love you, that's easy. Anybody can do that. But what about the people that are different, that do the things that you, that you don't like? You know, God is calling us to love in a way that's powerful. And so I want to I share a story real quick about a sister from Dallas. So I heard this story about her, and it's really inspiring. So she was working at this job, and there was an opening for a position, right? That's a position above her, uh, that she actually had a desire to get it. And, again, usually when there's a position like that, you know, there's probably some, they're probably going to look to the people who are already in the job to get that position. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, she found out about it, she applied for it, and there were some other co-workers who did as well. And so one of the co-workers, she was very ambitious, <laughs> very, you know, I'm going to get this job no matter what. <laughs> that was her attitude. And so what she ended up doing was that she applied for the position and she started to do some things behind the scenes so that she can kind of get on top of everyone else for this position. And so the sister hears about this because she's overhearing conversations about what she's doing. And again, a supervisor doesn't know about this, but people in the workplace do. And you know how the workplace can be. People are gossiping all the time, so you're going to find out something about somebody that you probably wish you knew or didn't. And that what was going on. That's when she found out about it. And so there was one particular conversation where she was actually part of that conversation, where the, the girl who was trying to get the job started gossiping about her. Like, oh, you know, she, she's a favorite, you know, she's all this and that. They show her favoritism. And again, this is a disciple, so I can see why she probably feels that way. <laughs> it's because she's probably amazing being like Jesus at her job, right? And, and then, you know, she started doing some things that made her feel like she's on top, you know. She'll, she'll kind of show some favoritism with the, with the uh, supervisor and kind of getting working on time, spending more time talking to him. Like, just you can tell that she's doing whatever she can to get on top. So, so then the application process came. She ended up uh, not getting the job. And the woman who actually got the job was the woman that was, you know, ambitious and gossiping about everybody. So she got the position. And so the sister, what she did was she already knew that she was already talking about her. But what she did was she went and she bought flowers and a card she went to the woman who got the job, and she gave it to her and said, congratulations, I'm, I'm proud of you that you got the job. 
after she gave her the flowers and the card, she just started crying. Literally, the woman just started bawling her eyes out. And then after that, she starts confessing to her of how much she gossiped about her and how much she said so many things about her that were not true. She was so convicted. So convicted that she went to tell her supervisor what she was doing. And that she said, I don't deserve this job. That literally, that interaction has transformed that woman's life. Now, I don't know if she became a Christian or not. But what I do know is that if she ever wants to be a Christian, guess who she's going to call? She's going to call the woman who set an example in love like Jesus. That's who she's going to call. She ain't going to call the church down the street. She ain't going to call the man on the, the telemarketing man that is on TV at like 6 o'clock in the morning. It ain't, she ain't going to do that. She's going to call the woman who showed her love that Jesus showed her. And that is how she's going to be a disciple. Guys, my challenge to you. Love somebody who does things that you don't like this week. It could be at your job. It could be in your house. It could be on the MTA. I don't know where it is. But decide to love somebody that's different than you. That will change the world. Amen? Point number three. Love those you don't know. Okay, here's the thing. There's two types of people in your life. There's the people that you know, and there's the people that you don't know. This is just the way it is, right? And I I want us for a second to just raise your hand right now. If you're a Christian today because somebody you didn't know said something to you, raise your hand. Okay. Now just look around. Keep your hands up. Look at that. Look at all the people that are now disciples of Jesus because somebody they didn't know said something to them. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. We've got to see what Jesus says here. And you guys know this story, but this is the Good Samaritan. And so some context from the story is a man was beaten up by robbers, right? A priest walked by, and he just kind of walks to the other side, right? Doesn't know the guy, so he walks to the other side. A Levite walks past, and then he sees him, and he walks to the other side. A Samaritan, and so let me let me let you guys know this: a Samaritan is some is literally somebody that was mixed with a Jewish background and a, and a Gentile background, and so these people were looked down upon. These people were were not considered God's people, and people looked down on them. But Jesus uses that person to set an example here. And so so the Samaritan, he goes, he sees the guy, and let's let's read here in in, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 33. It says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, 
And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So in this passage, right, Jesus is addressing the audience. And specifically, who he wanted to speak to was the teachers of the law. Because the teachers of the law, what they did is that they were so puffed up in their own religiosity that they looked down on other people, and especially the Samaritan. So Jesus, in his wisdom, picked the Samaritan to be the one that set the example for the teacher of the law. (laughs) Ooh, you think that hurt a couple of pride strikes up in there in his heart, maybe? That must have convicted him. And if you read on a little later, they tried to set up a plan to kill Jesus, which usually happened a lot whenever he did that. But what's the point here? The point that Jesus is trying to make here is that we got to decide to love people that we do not even know, that we have never even met or know. And I know for me, that was something that I'm so grateful for today. You know, I was coming out of a library one day, had no idea. I was just trying to go get a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. That's all I had on my mind. I'm going out trying to get a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Random guy, never met in my life. Blonde hair, blue eyes, all that. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey man, you want to come out to this Bible talk? It's like, Bible talk? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know? uh, and so he invites me out. But not only that, but he takes time to actually get to know me. He asked my name. You know, we had a conversation. We actually talked a little bit about Dragon Ball Z, which is one of my favorite cartoons going on. All right, we got some. And so, you know, he built the connection right there and stuff. And I was like, all right, you know, Bible, Dragon Ball Z, sounds good to me. All right, I'm there. So then I go, and, and as soon as I walk in, man, I, I walk in and I see just people there, fellowshipping with each other, talking to each other. Just the respect that I saw, the love that I saw was just like, what is this? And so I was very skeptical. I was like, man, this this got to be something fake going on on here. And realized that I was the one being fake the whole time, but you know how that goes. I'm just in there judging, but don't Christians judge? But I'm the one in there judging, trying to, I'm like, this, this guy, so I'm coming, I'm, I'm coming over and over again, and I'm like, this stuff is not ending. It's still happening every week, because usually if something fake, it usually dies eventually. But for this, it was like, no, this love kept going. It was real. It was authentic. And that's what drew me in. And that's what helped me to see. And now, to this day, I'm so grateful because somebody decided, okay, I don't know this person, but I'm going to go up to him and say something to him. And now, my life has been transformed forever. My eternity has been transformed forever. The last six years of my life has been the best years of my life. Because somebody I didn't know talked to me about Jesus. And not only that, but he became one of my best friends. And guys, I want to encourage you too. Don't just love people because you want them to become a Christian. You want to have a relationship with people too. It's not just about come to church, read the Bible, uh, but do you love this person that even if they decided, I don't want to be a Christian, you're going to treat them the same way even if they weren't. That's a big part of the church today is 
Come on, come to church. Let's praise and worship. They have no idea how to even spell it. I'm just kidding. They probably know how to spell it. But you know my point. Like, we have to build the relationships, the connections, that even if people don't want to become Christians, they know when they want to be one, they know who to call and they know who to reach out to. So, guys, who can you talk to this week that you don't know? Because I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there that you don't know somewhere. Somewhere in the world, right? I mean, how many people? Nine million? Nine, I don't know, billion people in the world? There's probably somebody out there that you don't know. (laughs) So there's somebody you can reach out to, right, that you could build a relationship with. And if they become a Christian, amen. If not, you're still going to love because that's what God called us to do. Amen? So, guys, let's love even when we don't feel like it. Let's love even when people do things we don't like. (laughs) And let's love, let's love the people that we don't even know. And guys, we will see an amazing world be transformed because of the love of Christ that's seen in us. Amen.